Hope Speaks, a podcast unifying the communities of Metro Detroit. Welcome to Season 1, Maturish, where we educate the boomers, zoomers, and everyone in between. We're your hosts, Asma and Jess. Welcome back to our podcast, Maturish. In today's first full episode, Pandemicish, we're going to talk about our experiences through the pandemic and how they vary based on our contrasting backgrounds. Yeah, so first things we're going to touch on is where we were when the outbreak was basically announced and how we felt initially. So for me, um, I was actually in Italy on a school trip. And the day we were in the airport leaving Italy was the day Corona kind of broke out in Italy. So we were leaving and like right when we left and we got to the Detroit airport, we started seeing like news on our phones that oh, Italy's under lockdown as soon as we left. And it was so crazy for us all. And I remember getting back to school and everyone was kind of just really wary to come near us and they just didn't want to. And I got sick, not corona, just like sick. And I remember I just stayed home a few days and then I got calls from like my teachers and people and they were all like, listen, some students, their parents are like, really scared for their kids' health because they know you and a few others that went to Italy are, like, feeling a little sick. And I was just like, what? And they were like, "Um, you can't come back to school until you get tested. And I was like, okay. So I didn't go to school for, like, three days because I was sick. And then as soon as I was going to get back and I was kind of, like, bored getting ready to go back to school, everything went on lockdown and, like, Michigan got all those COVID cases and it went on lockdown. And I'm sure, like, Jasmine, too, we didn't even at first think that it was like anything serious. We yeah. just kind of felt like, oh, we're just taking a small little vacation. We'll go back to school soon. Yeah, like I remember we were hearing reports that it was in California. And we're like, well, it's not going to come to Michigan anytime soon. No one comes here. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're like, no one's going to come here. We're all the way across the country. It's not going to get over here that fast. And then fast forward to that Friday, they're like, Mm, okay, we guys, we're going to take a two-week break, which was the first break they said initially. And then we're like, oh, yay, two-week break, no school, woohoo! We get to stay up all night, watch whatever, play the game. And then that two-week break extended to a month. And then we're like, oh, okay, more school out, no more school, okay. <laughs> You know, we're going to go back soon. And then they're like, um, we're going to add spring break into it, but we're going to extend spring break for two weeks. And we're like, um, okay. You sound like that one TikTok. <laughs> yeah, it's like, um, I guess so. I guess no more school. And then eventually there just wasn't school. And we're just all confused where did the time go what happened it was like oh we're not going back and eventually it got to a point where our schools didn't have any online learning set in place yeah they didn't have any resources like preparing for this it just came out of nowhere and it was that's why it was like a vacation because we weren't even in school I mean at first they tried to do things like let's try and meet and like give assignments and try to act like it's normal but they could work. not keep up. They did not understand. Like, the technology itself wasn't working out. At first, we were meeting, like, each class was, like, once a week. 
Yeah. I was meeting with them, and then it was just never. I, I just finished the school year, and I didn't even know how. Yeah, our school, we didn't even get to, like, meet video-wise because there was no, like, school set-up accounts, no Teams, no Zoom. And then there were no, like, online schooling. Our teachers used to take pictures of the school books and the math books, <laughs> and they would email us pictures. And then the pictures would be really bad qualities because teachers tend to have Androids and really not so great phones. So it was like, um, we can't see that. And then they send the picture again. We're like, we still can't see it. So it was just, it was just a mess. Yeah, it was. And then that's when all the cheating started yeah. and everyone, you know, just slacking off. Because, like, naturally, I mean, if you have the, if you got the resources. <laughs> yeah, cheating, cheating spiked a lot. And it got to a point where teachers didn't even care. And some teachers yeah. even encouraged it. Yeah, they were, there were teachers that were like, y'all, I know you're cheating, but let's just not say anything about it. And they just like, gave the A's out. Yeah, it was at a point where teachers were like, well, you did part of it, so there's your A. <laughs> Some teachers were even like, y'all, I don't know how you got this wrong, even though you cheated. Like, you got, then they would tell us, like, you got this and this to go. Go, just go get the right answer. Yeah, it was crazy. And then I played volleyball during the whole pandemic, and most of our practices were outdoors, and it was blazing hot outside. It conditioned us really well, but it was, like, very unsafe at times because sometimes we couldn't even practice because of how hot it was. And then finally, when we did get into the gym, we had to wear a mask while playing. And volleyball is such a fast-paced sport. So while wearing a mask and playing, it's, like, just heat. And it was times where the referees were like, okay, we're going to call a timeout for both teams, and this won't count for anyone's times out because everyone needs water. You can see the literal exhaustion and heat coming off of everyone's bodies. Yeah, I couldn't even do sports, like, without COVID happening, <laughs> so I don't know about you. But um, I did, like, I'm, like, club-wise and everything, I had to do that virtually throughout this whole year because we, both of us, were virtual all year long. And it was so, like... I don't even know how to explain it. It was so difficult because I was like on a board on the board for like a lot of my clubs and I was just trying to get members and people to come and then no one wants to come to your meeting. Like oh my gosh. Like surprisingly, it it like no one just showed up and it was just like, okay, you can't no matter how hard you tried, you wanna make an event, you wanna do all these things you did in person, no one's showing up, no one cares and it's you know, they're all, everyone's just become socially awkward. Nobody turns their camera on and Zoom. Nobody shows up. Nobody participates. Nobody has the energy because also, like, mental health-wise, everyone's just been isolated. And all these things that were so easy once are just so difficult for them to do now. Yeah, like, um, for example, Generation of Promise, the program that we were in during the whole COVID year, we were the big year 30. This is why we're celebrating 30 years of Generation of Promise. And this whole program was turned virtual, but it was the best escape from school and the best escape from everything that was going on during COVID. Because, like, Generation of Promise was you got to interact with people, and there were actually people with their cameras on. You got to actually meet people and learn about so many different cultures and people. It was so awesome. So awesome. Yeah, like Jasmine and I, when that whole 
last year during the school year, we were juniors and we spent that whole year virtual. And that just goes on said that that was really difficult. And the stress and the, the, the testing, whether it be AP or not, everyone was struggling. But even with us being AP, that was just a whole different world because no one was really seeing the toll it was taking because a lot of us have family obligations when you stay at home trying to do school like that. Um, yeah. So it was just really difficult. And College Board itself is... Let's not get into my hatred for College Board. But, yeah. you know, AP, AP exams, SATs, they had to continue. And that was so difficult. For me, when... I, I signed up to take the SAT, and they kept canceling on me. Like, yes. they just kept saying, okay, it's canceled. You, you can't take it anymore. And I'm like, well, then what what, what about college? Yeah. <laughs> the AP exams were also – so, well, last year when COVID hit, right away, the, the, those AP exams were a mess. Everyone was going crazy. Their tests weren't submitting. Things yeah. weren't, like, working out for, um, with the technology. And then this year, they set up, like, this app. For us yeah. to do uh, the the exams on, and it was it was it was horrible. But basically, I had to go to leave my house, find somewhere quiet to take the. I think the tests were around like three hours or three and a half hours each one, and they were just they were horrible. Yeah, I opted out of the AP <laughs> exams solely because I did not feel prepared at all, and us having to take SAT didn't help either. It was like we didn't get prepared because they didn't know if we were going to actually have the SAT yes. or not. So, like, up until, like, a week or two before they actually started saying, oh, this will be on the SAT. And you're like, where has this been the whole year? Right? Yeah. I swear to God, like, right, like two weeks before our SAT happened, they're like, we're going to have it. And everyone was just like, what? We didn't even know. Mm. They just set you up for failure. And that year was just all the stress and everything was taken a toll on everyone, even without being in AP classes and, like, those SATs and being in your junior year, kids that were, like, in eighth grade were going into high school virtually. And now the next year they're going in person and they're going to be, what, sophomores with still, yeah. like, an eighth grade mindset. And we went in – COVID happened when we were sophomores. Yeah. And we're going to be seniors. Yeah. That's weird. Like, me and Osmo were talking about how we don't even remember our sophomore year ending. <laughs> it just ended at some point and no one remembers it ending so it's like everyone is confused on how are we two years ahead of where we were when this all started it's like time went by so fast and you can't even get it back yeah and that's why there's like so much tutoring going on and everyone's failing and like there's jokes but people are really failing and that's why my school at least they made summer school free because everyone has just been Failing. It's been terrible. Yeah. Yeah, the amount of students that are in summer school right now is through the roof. There is so many people in summer school. That is honestly crazy. And it, like, really makes you think about how different families are affected and, yeah, how other people in other places are being affected by this because this isn't just a, oh, it's only here thing. It's an everywhere mm -hmm. thing. This happened around the whole world. It's crazy. Yeah, I look at, well, for me, I come from an immigrant family. So I look at my family in the Middle East. Like, 
masks don't even think like we think there's trouble here with people wearing masks people don't even have masks down there so my family down there my grandma would sew masks because you can't just like go find it wherever and not only that people don't adhere to all the you know social distancing things and they honestly they just can't because they don't even not only do they not have the technology to if you do not have access to technology if you do not own your own device you are just not in school so you just have to be lucky enough to have family in America to send you an iPad or a laptop or something for you to have school. And if you don't, then you just weren't in school all year. And so many people were like that. And that's crazy. there are so many other cases because if you got sick, that's on you. Like if you have COVID, that's on you. You figure that out because the hospitals there, they it was just an insane time. And to get a vaccine... I have like no family down there that has been vaccinated except the really like the elders of the family. So, because they're more prioritized. But still, it's so rare that they get these resources. And then you also see it coming back through like the immigration work. Like, we live here in America, but we still um, have limits because of what happened during COVID. Like, my grandfather was visiting when COVID hit, and it was his first time in America, and he wasn't allowed back until, but like, six months after COVID hit, and that was, like, put a strain on the family down there because he brings in the income and Jeez. such. And I have other family that live here. Um, they're all around my age. They're, like, really young, but their parents are still down in, like, Lebanon because the papers are being worked out for the Im their immigration status. And then they haven't been able to see their parents in, like, maybe um, now over two years because COVID happened right when they were going to go and see them. And that's just with, like, all the immigrant families that's been going on because immigration has always been so... Um, to get papers, to get your green card, to get um, your citizenship, it's always been so difficult, especially coming from a Middle Eastern background because there's more limitations on people coming from these Arab countries. And now it's just more than ever, they're just limiting and limiting, and all, everyone that's just been waiting just has to wait longer, and they just have to wait in these countries that have no resources, have no resources and have no way of bringing relief to them and their families. Yeah, that's so crazy. There's so many different experiences people had through quarantine and the pandemic. Like, yeah, I had a pandemic birthday. I had a quarantine birthday. And honestly, I didn't think I was going to do anything for it. I wasn't expecting to do anything. I know I just got my hair done just to get my hair done because it was like... <laughs> Um, I was afroing all throughout the whole quarantine, <laughs> and it was so crazy. So I got my hair done, and I know my mom, like, she surprised me with, like, a cake and stuff and, like, a bouquet of Twixes. It was so nice. And she had, like, a sign in the front that said, Happy Birthday, Jasmine, with, like, a custom picture of me and stuff saying, like, um, happy, you know, 16, because that was my sweet 16 in quarantine. So it was like, wow, that's that sucks. <laughs> so I went outside just thinking I was going to take pictures. But, like, my whole family and a lot of my friends came driving down the street, surprising me, honking and stuff, like, happy birthday. And it was, like, the best social interaction I ever had during that whole pandemic. And it was, like, the best, like, light to be brought to the situation that we were in. It was, like, not only that, but, like, class of 2020 college and high school and eighth graders and fifth graders they had to graduate in quarantine yeah I remember I went to 
um, a graduation when quarantine happened. This was right when it happened. Um, and it was like kind of like a drive-in kind of thing. Yeah. And they're all still like that. Even after this whole year of being virtual, they're all just still driving um, graduations. Like you drive through, you get your diploma, you, you get out of your car, you go stand over there, you take a picture, and you go back in. Yeah, it sucks. It's like you have to just walk across the stage, shake a hand, and then you have to leave. You can't celebrate. can't have your family there like you usually would. It's like depressing. It's really depressing. But, yeah. Yeah, and then, well, at least for me, we found, like, tricks around all these things that's with virtual school. Um, I wear hijab, and I know a lot of girls like me. Um, when we got to turn our cameras on in Zoom, we put our hoodie on, and everyone just sees us up from, like, the shoulders. So if it's the summertime, if it's, you know, now we could put our hoodies on for the cameras, and then, like, we can wear shorts underneath, and we can just sit comfortably in our houses without having to do the full hijab um, wardrobe. And then we also had so many other things that came good out of the pandemic because during the time, we still had our holidays coming around. So for me, Eid and like Ramadan and things like that happened. And well, Ramadan, for one, is when we fast for like 30 days. So we're all awake and doing things in the, in the night. And then during the day, we're just like sleeping in. So all these like small food truck businesses kind of knew about that and they come around our city throughout the night like you know midnight and and in the AMs and they just gather around this one area and they just put all their food trucks out and there's there are businesses that aren't just from the out of background you know just places around that kind of know about our holiday and it kind of just spiked their businesses and everyone was doing so great during that time and there was like more sense of community through the, like, the dark time of COVID. And for Eid as well, it's also another holiday we have at our jamer, the mosque. And, you know, we had to have, at one point, like, you um, drive by and get, like, the, like, goodie bags for, like, the little kids to celebrate Eid. Um, but this year, we were, like, able to go back in and, like, have the prayer and, like, have some of the normalcy that we had before in celebration of the holiday. And then there's also like our out of weddings. And if anyone's been to a out of wedding, those there's like 600 people there on average. Like that's just like a normal wedding to be there. And so now you got to limit that. And there's there's good and bad to that because, you know, some people want that small wedding. But trust me, when you go to those out of weddings, the depke and all those kind of stuff that go on, they still happen. You know, social distancing and whatnot. Um, they were still happening, so that was not the smartest idea on from our community. But later on, everyone just kind of um, realized the seriousness of it all and just put the social distancing like in order. And there's like a whole when you get married in the world, there's like this whole season. There's like a total. There's an engagement. There's a wedding, and throughout all that, to social distance and limit the people because we have such large families was difficult, but, you know, it was done, and everyone had, like, an interesting quarantine wedding, and I think everyone, even, like, these corona babies, like, everyone's just coming out with, like, some memories that, yeah, they they were sad in the beginning to have a wedding during quarantine, but honestly, it just all worked out. Yeah, I think so, too. Another thing that the pandemic and quarantine really spiked up was the Black Lives Matter movement, and a lot of other movements for many, many minorities. 
I just feel like that was a great thing for people to use their time with because using your empty time and space to really fight and stand up for the movements that you believe in was amazing to me. Like Asian Lives Matter, Free Palestine, Palestine. Yeah, Stop Asian Hate and Free Palestine, Palestine. And it all just kind of happened because you see that everyone's at home, everyone's on lockdown, everyone's on quor- in quarantine. And then, you know, what are you going to do besides be on your phone, be on social media and see all these things? And, you know, you're not having your job to distract you, not going from place to place. Like you see these issues happening right in front of you and that just captured everyone and that just made everyone participate and it ignited like all the the protests and the initiatives to be more involved in social justice and that's why every that's why our generation is so involved. Yeah, I love it. It's like a very, very different outlook on everything that's been going on. And to know that the younger generation has a huge part in it too. And that they're making it prominent on TikTok and other platforms to really make people aware of everything that's been going on under the radar is the best thing that could have happened. Like a lot of people look at TikTok as like, oh, that's just that's just an entertainment thing. Oh, you're just watching videos of people dance. But different sides of TikTok teaches you so many different things from black history to indigenous tribes and their culture, which is very underrated and not talked about as much as it should be but it's a very beautiful thing to look at and learn about yeah I remember when the Beirut explosion happened and I just when I first heard about it I was like oh like obviously this is so sad but I just knew it was just going to be something that was going to stay within like people from our community people that are from Beirut from Lebanon or from anywhere in the Middle East but then out of nowhere, it just it spread, and all these people were becoming aware of it and were taking interest in the issue, and they wanted, you know, to bring relief to the country, and it was so surprising. But then I just I understood because I see it all around me through social media. Everyone was taking part in these these protests and these initiatives, like we were talking about Black Lives Matter and Free Palestine, and the indigenous community, like you were saying, Jasmine, just grew on TikTok. Like people before, but like only knew like from history books that were biased to like the white majority that of like what the Native Americans were like and the way they were depicted in those. But then we get like this real insight onto what it really is to be indigenous. And it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And not only did we get to learn and see a lot of that during quarantine, but the elections and the (laughs) like the the way the elections blew up during quarantine and how that was portrayed was so huge because like I'm in I was in government, I was in AP government this year and obviously we're supposed to learn about history and the government and it just really turned into like a current event class because we were literally living through government history and the amount of technology put in place for like voting and the amount of riots and people siding on sides and the amount of things that went on because of the election was insane. This was the first presidential election or any election that my parents um, registered to vote in and actually did vote. You know, I come from a community where voting and like, you know, the American government is just not something that we kind of think we're involved in, that we think we have a say in what happens or think our participation matters. So when all the controversies were happening, um, 
with the Capitol riot and then between, you know, Trump and Biden, my family and so many others from where I'm from just registered. And it was really eye-opening to see that now they this is serious and this has gotten so much attention that even they have become involved in the matter. And when the Capitol riot happened, it despite what many might think, it is a riot. And with Trump's, like, speech encouraging... What? Promoting that, like, violence aspect of it, the the rally aspect to get them all rallied up to go do what they were, they went and did yeah. was honestly really insane to me. Yeah, like spreading false claims saying that, you know, the election's rigged and, you know, it's all Biden's fault and things like that. That stirs the mind of so many and it causes the violence that happened. With that, that whole riot, it was, it was really eye-opening to see how many people could be, like, manipulated to do something like that. Mm-hmm. And how they were ready to harm so many people and like to destroy something so great. Like I saw a TikTok after the riot happened, and then it was a very old man, and he was born and raised in Washington D.C. and he lived not far from it, like maybe a block away. And he was like, he was like crying. He was like, I can't believe they done this. Like this is my childhood. I've grown up here. I've walk these streets many, many times, and I've seen all these things, and these people just disrespect it because of a few words were said. I had to read that whole speech for government class, and it was something. It was something. It's so crazy to see how how social media and, you know, just news networks, you know, um, present this to people, take sides and just be biased and try to show and how they present the issue because it was a riot and it was violent, but they just kind of say, you know, protesters, you know, or allies of the cause, you know, like trying to make them heroic in some way. And then I see people that look like me, you know, wear hijab, come from the Middle East, have my background or are Muslim. And these are the people that are shown as terrorists. These are the people that the media and the news say, you know, we should be against. These are the people that say, you know, war in Iraq, war in Afghan. And it's just crazy to see. But it's also not surprising. And these are the same people that won't wear masks. These are the same people that are anti-vaccine. And it's just amazing. It's just amazing to me to see that these people can, like, think this way. Especially during these times when everybody's hurting. It's a global pandemic. You know. It's insensitive. Yeah. People are literally dying. And they just don't take into account social distancing um, regulations and wearing masks and the vaccine. I know so many people that don't trust the vaccine, especially being the immigrant, um, being from an immigrant family and first generation, um, and out of especially everyone's, you know, parents or uncles or whatever, are always just like, can't trust the vaccine. You know, the government, they put something in there. You can't do it. Like, it's like this whole, like, you know, like, Hunger Games divergent thing. Like, I don't even know what's going on. But I had an uncle that even said that if you take the vaccine, you won't be able to have children. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I I actually was one of those people for a minute. I was like, mm, I don't know if I trust this. I don't think I'm going to get this. And fast forward now, I got it. And, you know, that TikTok sounds like, but did you die? <laughs> yeah, I didn't, and I was actually really fine. I felt really 
normal. I didn't feel any different after getting it. It was like I never had soreness pains. I just drank a lot of water, moved my arm a lot. Mm-hmm. I tend to work out a lot. So it's like, yeah, um, it didn't affect me. Thank you, TikTok, by the way, for showing us that arm trick. Because yeah. I, when I took my vaccine, everyone just sat down and I looked at them like, what are you doing? And I just kept waving my arm like a windmill. It was so weird. but Yeah, the windmill trick, if you guys don't know about it, look it up. It's like the best TikTok trick after you get a vaccine ever and your arm will not be sore and like that's a promise especially if you drink a lot of water and you keep yourself hydrated it'll be fantastic so now we're all going back to school everything's going back to somewhat normalcy yeah and we're gonna be able to see you know what that's like hopefully step away from Schoology and Zoom and all that and preach yeah and try to get back to how we once were you know, it's going to be difficult, you know, picking up a pencil and writing on paper. I haven't done that in a while. Yeah. And, like, taking a test without the calculator next to me. But <laughs> um, we're going to see how we how it is, how we do. And hopefully everyone can, everyone's families during these hard times has gotten relief and have gotten the vaccine and are now safe. And everyone's ready to get back to our old routine. Yeah, I hope you guys are all safe out there and you stay safe and you... Keep up with the times because the times are changing. <laughs> and yeah, everyone, like, be safe. Wear your mask, even if you are vaccinated in public areas because corona is still a thing and it's very prominent. Even though we don't think it's as prominent as it used to be, it's still a very dangerous thing. Yeah, just because we live in America, or if you're listening to this, you just live in America. You know, all around the world, people are, don't have access to these things, and people are still not safe. So we need to take that into account. So hopefully we can talk to you guys more. Come back and listen in. You can email us at genofpromise at gmail.com, and you can follow us on Focus Hope Instagram, Facebook, and our new TikTok, specially made for you Gen Zers. Yes, sir. Get the Zoomers ready to be <laughs> included in our TikTok content and a future challenge coming into play where we do have some prizes available. So please stay tuned if you guys are interested in that. Yes, come and show your culture. There's more information to come. Just follow us and you'll stay up to date. Thank you guys for listening. Yes, thank you guys so much and we hope you enjoyed. We'll see y'all later. for listening to Maturage. It's a safe space for youth to talk about their ish. Come back for more rants and diverse insights. Bye! This podcast is brought to you by Focus Hope, a Detroit-based nonprofit pledging intelligent and practical action to overcome racism, poverty, and injustice.